Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style and powerography would like to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners quartz and canary jewelry and wellness company use code empower 15 to receive 15 percent off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com quartz and canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style hello there brad walsh here your host of the empowerography podcast today my guest is mary gooden she is the ceo and founder of divine destiny publishing and soul mastery coaching how are you doing today mary i'm doing fabulous brad thanks for having me excellent i am so appreciative and grateful for having you here today to tell a little bit about your story and your journey here and i appreciate you taking and making the time to be here and be a part of the empowerography community so thank Thank you for that. The pleasure is all mine. Truly. I love, I love talking and I love <laughs> talking about the empowered feminine. And so it looks like we're in good company. Perfect. So let's jump right in. Mary, as I mentioned, you're the CEO and founder of Divine Destiny Publishing and Soul Mastery Coaching. Now, as a serial entrepreneur, how important is staying organized and prioritization for you? Oh, Brad, uh, I like to fly by the seat of my pants. Okay. Uh, however, <laughs> there is a method to that madness. It's very important. In fact, I start my day almost like flipping the switch on a clock. There are certain things that I do. My alarm goes off at 5.55. Why 5.55? Because it reminds me that every day hosts an opportunity for us to keep transforming and transitioning through the very uh, evolution of our life. So I have a binder. I have a planner. I have a magical daily routine. But I I believe I would put it second on the list of prioritizations for me. What were you doing for a living before you jumped into coaching and entrepreneurship? Oh, I was just a butterfly. No, <laughs> <laughs> just floating around climbing, the world <laughs> from cocoon to cocoon, you know, uh, hoping that others that I could help others open their cocoon. I was 22 years in what I like to call corporate chaos. I managed a multi-million dollar dental office as well as I did outside consulting for several dental offices. Every hat that you can put on being just under a CEO, I was wearing and every piece of my determination was invested into somebody else's company. Thank goodness I loved the CEO. (laughs) (laughs) That made it more tolerable. It made it more tolerable. It made it easy for me to resign. It made it easy for me. I put in the work that I wanted to put in and I was constantly reminded that it was more than enough. So it wasn't that typical, you know, not getting paid enough, not getting patted on the back enough. It wasn't that at all. It was always, I always felt very appreciated to my own demise though, because, you know, we still have this program in our mind that still wants to say, Oh, maybe they just said they appreciated you, but you're still not enough. 
You know, right. just yeah. uh, we, we all have that program to work yep. through in our life. For sure. But I was mastering it. I was uh, 80 hours plus a week raising two beautiful angels. And uh, I was just climbing the corporate ladder. 80 hours a week. Holy shit. I would go on the weekends. I would just, I just wanted to get the job done and I wanted to get the job done right. Mm -hmm. And for me, one of the, the records that played in my head was for every penny that I ever made, I was going to have to work extremely hard. That's all the conditioning. If you're not working hard, you're not making money and so on and all the shit that comes along with that. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, I love it. And I would do it again because the contrast being able to stand on the other side of it and, and not saying, well, you know, I saw a lot of people or all of my friends experienced, no, being able to stand up and say, I did that. And now I'm doing this, mm-hmm. you know, it, it really makes a huge difference. I like to measure that up to not that I don't think psychologists and psychiatrists are valuable. I think they have a, an amazing place in the world, but this isn't something I read in a book. This yeah. is something I went through experience. There's nothing like that. This is how I lead. Mm -hmm. There you go. What inspired the jump into becoming a coach for you, Mary? I don't know that Brad, that it was like, Oh, I'm going to become a coach. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was the very inspiration of who I was that people magnetized towards me and said, could you help me with this? Mm -hmm. Or they would just, and I believe this is probably for most coaches, how it started, or people would just feel safe enough to come up and say, please help me please, please advise me, please guide me because it really started on the yoga mat for me. And and you'll hear that a lot with modalities of coaches. Well, it started by me stepping into a modality that, that really put me in front of the mirror and said, know yourself, Uh, but I'm here to help. I'm a Leo. I'm a lion. I have all the power and all the the soft and gentle compassion to go with it. I like to call myself an empowered empath. I'm not afraid to speak. I'm not afraid to share. I'm not afraid to hold a space for you. So I think it chose me. (laughs) It takes a lot of courage for people to stand up and ask for help. It truly does because we're always so fearful of rejection or whatever the case may be. It takes a lot of strength and courage to stand up and ask for help for sure. Mm -hmm. And I just found it. The more I taught yoga, the more people were just, can you help me? And uh, the more I, I had found myself, which is, of course, I can help you. Of course, my soul is completely aligned with serving others. Yeah. But do you ever get to a point though, where you're taking in so much of everybody else's stuff that it doesn't leave room for Mary? Mm, Brad, that's a great question. No. Okay. Because I have a daily ritual. And the first thing that I offer my clients, my guests, the first thing that comes out of my mouth is be sure to prioritize your own comfort. So I am the youngest of four and I made damn sure that I never got cheated. That's my lion. <laughs> yeah. My husband would tell you that I was not a loving person. My children are some of the most loving children I know. So I was trying to figure that out, yeah. but I have been very good at prioritizing myself since I flew out of St. Louis, Missouri at age 17. There were points in my life that I thought, God bless Mary, you're selfish. But as I started doing more energy work 
and more processing, I realized, no, that word is a program. You are selfless because the more that I serve me, the easier it is for me to serve you. The only times that potentially I got to my own demise, I'll be transparent is when it came to money. Okay. Yes, I'm tired, but, but Hey Mary, I'll give you a hundred bucks. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Truth be told, I have a daily ritual and my daily ritual first is about putting my protective light, my auric field that surrounds me. And I know number one, don't ever give from an empty well. And I know you don't hear that a lot. I'm sure most people would say, gosh, yeah, I was wore out. I'm an empowered empath. I'm not one to sit back and let people, I've never been. If I, in high school, when I had friends that potentially did the things that high schoolers did, I just stepped out. As a soul mastery coach, you say that you encourage and support all of your clients to do the deep work of releasing limiting beliefs, shame, guilt, and self-destructive behavior. Why is this mission so personally important to you? Because in order for us to create the lasting change that we came here to do it, it really is the responsibility for each and every one of us to get in there and get right up next to who we are comfortably, authentically, because that's how we shine. And if that's the space that I've been asked to hold is, hey, shake this one into consciousness. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. You know, I will be the first person to walk up to you in the carnival line and shake you into consciousness, (laughs) right? I mean, have I lost friends? (laughs) Have I gained new ones? It's important for us to remember that we didn't come here to do it all together all the time for the rest of our life. Uh, In order for us to up level, we have to keep surrounding ourselves with empowered individuals or like-minded individuals. But I believe just here in the last few months, Brad, again, being so transparent, you know, that saying where they say it's highly unlikely that we'll see the lasting change in our lifetime. I'm calling bullshit on that. I I truly feel that I'm going to see lasting change in this lifetime. And I am determined to see it because as my last chapter, and and I think it was in Sacred Surrender, one of my projects, in order to receive it, you have to believe it. For sure. And I believe it. Beautiful. It's important. (laughs) Mm -hmm. How does a soul coach differ from a spiritual coach? So I love this question. Kind of got the insight on some of the questions, audience. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's the first time I've been asked this question and it instantly came right up and sat next to me. The spiritual way is right aligning with these upper chakras and, and maybe starting to connect with your higher consciousness, your communication with heaven or God or source or divine. The soul is being able to dance in the unity of both my earthly presence and my spiritual presence. It is the unity, both in all of those dimensions. That is powerful. I love that answer. That's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. What lights you up or inspires you the most about the work that you're currently doing? Oh, about my work? I was going to say ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can can say that ice cream lights you up and it inspires you, sure. Uh, (laughs) Oh, gosh, people being strong enough or being empowered enough for me or being chosen to hold a space for people that are ready, or even if they're not ready to hold a space for wherever they are. I love connecting and meeting new people. I'll say it all the time. 
I love people. Speaking of people, is your business solely or primarily focused on working with women? And if so, why did you decide to focus your energy and business on working solely with women? Okay. Well, I don't work solely with women. Okay. I love all people. And um, had I chosen to work solely with women, perhaps I would have chosen that because I am a woman. And in that, maybe I would feel as though I could connect or communicate from that place. But I work with everyone. I work with all ages. In fact, I just feel like everything about me is multidimensional, which is why Soul Mastery Coaching comes to life because I can work with you from the very ground to the very limitless sky. And so I love to work with everyone. What type of person or client is your ideal client? Like what, what things do you look for in a potential client before you decide to work with them? Oh, I've got a whole list, but I'll give okay. you a few of them. Sure. Women and men who like to play big. And I want to accentuate two words, play and big. Mm -hmm. I'm talking like an eight-year-old child playing big. Yeah. Right. Love them. Entrepreneurs, coaches, leaders, you know, that are ready or willing or shining their soul light. And what do I mean by that? Vocalizing, standing in, showing up every day. I love these people. I love people. I love clients that know the power and the value of investing in themselves because, you know, in this industry, that's a big part. Well, I'm a coach. Why should I invest in another coach? Oh, I guarantee you that's where the gold is. Why not collaborate and connect with somebody that is in the same space as you? Because guess what? We all grow up together. I love storytellers. You know, I have a publishing mm-hmm. company yeah. and really just playful and, and magical beings, people that no holds bar, you know? So that's a great segue. You mentioned your publishing company. When did you start Divine Destiny Publishing and what inspired you to venture down that road of starting a publishing company? Oh, I'm going to read my first chapter this week on my page on Friday. I'm setting up an event. Okay. So with that being said, the first invitation to write in a multi-author book was a big hell no for me. So I said, yes, (laughs) two things came to mind. I don't write and I don't have a story. And before that book even launched, I had signed up for another one. Holy shit. The amount of, I'll use this word lightly, the amount of healing that came from rewriting my story as inspiration to the world, as opposed to victimization to myself. Oh, hands down. Why would I start a publishing company? What did I come here to do? I came here to help people show up and shine. Name of my podcast, show up and shine. And that was one of the most profound experiences for me to really get in there and say, you know what? I'm taking all of the sheets off this thing. This is my soul. This is my life. This is what I came here to do. The motto to my publishing company is every experience is a gift to inspire another. So less than a year of that first book launch, I had said yes. When the invitation to start my own publishing company moved through, I'll be honest with you. I had set quite a bit of investment aside because guess what? I wanted to go to massage therapy school because I'm a Reiki master and because I do all the things and I host retreats here in Sedona, that modality would be another great addition to, to how I serve. And I looked at this, this money and I was like, and uh, the invitation came in and I thought, you know what, if you want to do things differently, 
you have to do things differently. And there it was, there was my hell no again. And I was in, I'm all in. So my hell no vibrates at a hell yes. I just, in case anybody wants to know, Um, most of us do, most of us do when we see something, we're like, that's a yes, that's a yes. Your guides, your gods or whoever are saying, do I have something special for you? You're not going to know anything about what you're getting to step into, but I promise you, it's going to get you to the very highest vision of your dream. And so it was. And that, Brad, was just shy of a year ago. Uh, In fact, Facebook memories pulled up a post for me just yesterday Mm -hmm. that was uh, the reminder that I received my first yes one year ago, April 18th, for the first book that I created, Align Leaders. And it was ironic because yesterday was also the day that I uh, shouted out to the world that I had opened up applications for my fourth project, my fourth book, Revolutionary awesome. Leaders. So I was like, wow. So, Congratulations. Um, Those are yeah. huge milestones. Good for Thank you. you. That's yeah, amazing. I didn't even realize I had aligned with the same date. So it's only been a year. Wow. And see, these are things that I think, because I think we as humans, we forget to take the time to celebrate our wins, no matter how big or small, we, they need to all be celebrated. We can look back and say, holy shit, I did that a year ago, or holy shit, I did that three years ago. That's great. And we need to celebrate those and revel in those and enjoy those moments. But we forget because we get so caught up in the things we forget to celebrate. I was like a broken record at the beginning of the year with that very idea or or suggestion like, okay, everyone stop, stand in your accomplishments because that's what you're missing. You're not missing that you've achieved these goals. You just haven't, like you said, celebrated them, stood in them in full appreciation. And you know what else I think? That is primarily one of the biggest strongholds that keeps us small. Yeah, for sure. Not I would agree. Celebrating. Yep. I agree with you 100%. So, what is it then that sets your publishing company apart from other publishing companies that are out there, Mary? Hmm. What sets us all apart? You know, I get along with every single one of my colleagues. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just our unique mission and vision. Some of them are really great at PR or this, or some are really great at writing coaching, or some are really great at this. I wish I could put myself in a place of judgment and possibly look at that, but I won't. I think that we all have our own unique value to share with the world, which is why those of us that are really going after it are very successful in it. And to me, the biggest requirement that it asks is for you to be all of you. So for me to compare or try to compete with somebody else There is no competition. There is no comparing. We all have a unique piece. People have said to me, they just lean in because they like my enthusiasm. They like my magical energy. Some people don't even like the word magic. So guess what? They go to somebody else. Yeah, that Um, competition mindset is a huge thing that we all struggle with from time to time in our lives. And I mean, I struggled with it when I first made the jump into entrepreneurship and I'm telling you, it took me about a year and a half or so to shake that mindset. But once I did, holy shit, my whole world changed and shifted and opened up. And the possibilities that came in were just amazing. I was blocking myself from all of that shit. And that's always what happens. It's always what happens. You're absolutely right. You know how I stopped all that? I linked into this mantra. My soul is completely aligned with limitless resources, opportunities, and financial freedom. It doesn't matter who's around me. My soul is aligned with that. Doesn't matter how many publishers I'm standing beside. 
my soul is aligned with these things. But I did hear something, one thing that sets me apart from the others, the others that I know. I live in Sedona, Arizona, <laughs> one of the highest vibrations of the world. There you go. Well, also, no one else is you. No one else is Mary. That's what sets you apart. That's it right there, right? Now, you're also a writer, Mary. Was writing something that was always part of who you are? Or was this a fairly new path for you? And how did writing transition into publishing for you? So I would have told you a few years ago that, like I said to my first book invitation, I'm not I'm not a writer. I don't write, but I would then later reflect and realize that I could look at a box of all my old school stuff. And here are all these projects of writing and in shaping things and making these little books, Yeah. but making them out of creative shapes. And we, I don't know if you remember those metal little push pins that they had yes. that you could create yep. books with. Yeah. Right. So I found boxes of these things. <laughs> I think that the way that the writing Again, jumping back into it just a few years ago uh, into multi-author book land. My husband would always say to me, you should put that in your book. And I would look at him and say, I'm not writing a book. I just don't know what you're saying. I think that, like I said earlier, the depth of healing or releasing that came with that or remembering that came with that was huge. So eight, nine months down the line, when I was invited to step into my own publishing company in that way, I knew that I had all the back-end resources for myself. I'm a great leader. I knew I'd been leading in the corporate industry forever. I knew that I could work with people because I worked with 20, 25, 30 people at a time. So I knew I had all the skills, but I, I think it, what really transitioned to it was when I put the eyes on my biggest vision, which is to create lasting change in the world in a way that we're all standing in our most authentic self, aligned with our soul, with our human, with our, our journey, and how sharing voices and shining lights by sharing voices gets me closer to that biggest mission. Yeah. So it made sense that I could call people in and, and give them something that perhaps was on their vision board for their whole life, publishing. Yeah. Never was on my vision board, I'll be honest, but, but perhaps I could help them make their own dream come true. Perhaps I could be the creator of abundance for them because in that, right? In that yes. lack of competition, yeah. we soar. Mm-hmm. And that's how it, it's going to, it, it has already got me so many miles further into to getting close to my mission because I see the change now. So it really was, it was an easy yes. Like my big vision is for everybody to stand in their most authentic self and, and be that in the world. And the very thing that happened to me when I started writing was I felt closer to who I was. And I remembered who I was. I'm a bright, shining star. We all are. It's a matter of stepping into that and owning it. Mm -hmm. And when we write about it, that whole celebration piece, because if you've ever been in a bestseller launch, it's freaking go time, man. (laughs) Your your vibration hits like all new levels. Yeah. (laughs) And you're celebrating. And then you're inspiring the world. That whole idea of be the ripple effect now, it's not even that anymore. It is, I am the ripple effect, but you have to claim it. 
That's right. That's the biggest piece is claiming it for sure. Now, do you prefer to wear your author hat or your publisher hat? And what are a couple of things you enjoy about each of those crafts? I love to to be in my unity. I force myself not to think about anything as duality. What, they're one and the same to me. My author is my publisher. My publisher is my author. You know, it's all me. It's not my business is not separate from my life. It is all me. And I choose not to create any duality in me. All of it is me. All of it is good. All of it comes from the very golden space of my heart. I love it all. I'm, I'm even trying to, I'm trying to find a duality there. Like, do you really, what do you like to write the books or do you like to, to hold <laughs> for the writers? Well, I just love both of them. All They're of just it. like one, one in it. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. As a publisher and an author, you're obviously a storyteller. Now, We've heard people talk about how they think the art of storytelling is dying. It's a dying art form. Would you agree with that statement? And also, in your opinion, would you say that we as a society of people have kind of lost sight of the art of storytelling? Or are they correct in saying that? I am going to try to remember every piece of this. (laughs) Two years ago, you probably could have maybe thought hearing storytelling is dead. You could have maybe thought, yeah, I'll buy into that two years ago. No, storytelling isn't dead anymore. Storytelling is freaking golden. And I've been talking about it all week. I think the barrier between that, it's not that people don't have stories to tell or that it's dead or that It's not any of that. It's fear. We all have stories to tell, but the fear of judgment, the fear of expectation and the fear of condemnation have shut us up. And as we have evolved over the last two years, we can all just go ahead and stand up proud and say storytelling is very much alive because at one point that's all we could do with each other. Isn't yeah. it? Get on a platform, get on a media, get on something and start talking, sharing a story. Mm-hmm. That was our only way to connect. Beautiful. So perhaps two years ago, we could say it was dead. It's all alive now. It's all alive. Yeah. In us. There's been such a huge resurgence, I think. And everywhere you look now, you're hearing about these multi-author books and it's just incredible. It's like it's been reborn, completely reborn. And it's beautiful mm-hmm. to see. Yeah. It, we're in the top 2% though. Here we are in the top 2% of people that are publishing. And I would love to see that shift gears. And I think it is. I already, In fact, it already has. Like mm-hmm. you said, it's all over. But you, you know what I love about that, for, especially for people who may be entertaining the idea of, of sharing their story, go after it, or even considering stepping into the next level. There are plenty of stories to go around. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Because everybody does have a story. Everybody on the face of this planet has a story to tell and they all need to be heard and shared with the world because it will resonate with somebody. If you ask me, yeah, that's our first gift. In fact, Mm -hmm. when we're all up at the soul table, writing down all these things, we Mm -hmm. drop in with the very gift of the stories or the experiences that we said, yeah, I'll do that one. Yeah, I'll try that. And the promise, here it is. This is what we're all trying to remember. The promise to share it as inspiration. Absolutely. And not judgment or condemnation. The promise to share it as inspiration. So why have you decided to take on the mission of helping conscious leaders, visionaries, coaches, and entrepreneurs find and express their authentic selves and leave a legacy through written word? Because it's fun. (laughs) Plain and simple. It's just fun. I just love it. It's fun. 
<laughs> it's the most fun I've ever had in this lifetime. I'm 45 years old and it is the most fun. It is the most freeing experience. You know, it is because I choose and it is because we all choose. If there's one mm -hmm. thing we all have, it's a choice. It's because I get to meet people that, that I signed up to meet. It's because I get to draw in the vibrations of who I am. It's fun. It's easy. It's effortless because in the middle of all of this, when you are shining in the truest nature of your soul, everything in front of you is positive and powerful and beautiful. So it's fun. It's like being eight years old and somebody saying, let's go out and play in our most fabulous dreams. It's what it's like for me. Things don't show up in front of me to tear me down. They don't, they just don't. Love everything it. that shows up in front of me is my next yes. <laughs> I love it. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful, Mary? My unique skill? Is that what you said? <laughs> your unique skill set or superpower? What is my superpower? Freedom is my superpower. The whole vibration of aligning others with their own freedom is my superpower. Holding a space for self-trust, self-belief, and self-expression. I'm throat chakra heavy too, which means it's highly unlikely that I'm not going to share my voice with you. <laughs> Speaking of success, how do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you? Oh, the same thing, right? I define success as being able to do whatever I want to do. Yeah. I left out that very magical word, but it is also my definition of retirement, single-handedly being able to make the choice of whatever I want to do every day mm -hmm. and every moment. And really, we all have that. We all have that gift to choose our version of success every day. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's just being in the freedom to, to live the life that I want to live, whether it looks this way today and another way tomorrow, I have that freedom. Yeah. That's my success. Beautiful. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after you learned it? I think being able to love unconditionally, again, uh, not holding other people accountable for my actions, being able to see that everybody has a different journey and a different purpose, whether I'm married to you or not, whether you are my child or not, none of it is mine to decide. And once I really let go of the idea that somehow I could control, letting go of control and stepping into the idea that I could just be huge. That's a big realization. Mm -hmm. And my children, really everybody in my life, I can kind of sit back and watch benefit from it. And some are still learning and I can mm -hmm. sit back and watch that too. Uh, some are still trying to hold me accountable for their disposition, but just not holding anybody accountable for your own disposition, really just holding yourself accountable and letting go of the control over external circumstances. If you could set up a billboard anywhere, where would you put it and what would it say? <laughs> Oh, oh, I have to say it again. Oh, maybe not. Maybe <laughs> it would just say, keep on loving. And where would I put it? Maybe on the road to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, choice, people yeah. think going to Vegas is such a big deal. Very keep true. on loving. Yeah. I mean, that's all we came here to do anyway. Yeah, that's it. right. Love everything. is everything. Love is everything. Mm -hmm. What is your personal motto, Mary? My personal motto aligns with who I am too as a publisher. Just every experience is a gift to inspire another. You know, enjoy the moments. 
that's where the gifts are. I used to make yoga pants. This is funny, but it wants to be shared. And uh, there were some yoga pants and the person that made them, she quit making them. And I'm like, I'm a determined individual. And I'm like, I'm going to make my own then. Ordered the fabric from California, got myself a sewing machine, ordered myself the best tie dye on the market and all that jazz. And I started making yoga pants. This was a probably 2011 or 10 or something like that. And every single one of my price cards said, enjoy the moment, enjoy the moment. I still have some, I creatively cut them with the funny scissors and, yeah. and handmade everything. I handmade all of it, but that just keeps wanting to come. enjoy the moment. It truly is reality. That's all we yeah. have. Yep. is this to You're enjoy right. it choose to enjoy it because you get to choose we all have a choice and again it, it's it's like the choose to celebrate your wins we get so caught up in all the stuff that we forget about the small but yet those small things like enjoy the moment are so huge when you think about it they play such a huge part in our lives and everything but we forget yeah you know what i'd say about the forgetting part just write it on the bathroom mirror because the first thing really sometimes that we wake up and do right is we go in there write the affirmation write the mantra whatever you want to become don't look at all the reasons why you can't write the damn affirmation that you you are I am a bold and fearless leader. And for every time I get up and read that, it's just like being in kindergarten. Okay, kids, here are the ABCs. Just like that. Just like that. No different. Embody it. Embody it. Become it. That's it. See it every day. Yeah. And it is you. If you remember your trials and your traumas every day, it is you. For sure. I play the game of mantra all day long. I have so many of them. And anytime I feel like I'm seeping into one of the cracks of bullshit, boom, <laughs> like magic. There it is. <laughs> Out there comes is. a mantra. Yeah. Here's my favorite. I breathe, hmm. therefore I prosper. There we go. Love it. How important is daily connection to your higher self? And what do you do to achieve that each day? And that's it. That's the bingo right there. You just won. You just won the lottery, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Every morning, right behind me. This is my altar here in mm-hmm. Sedona. I have an altar in my New Orleans home. I get right up here. I've got crystals. I've got mantras. I've got listening. I connect with my higher self every single day before I leave the house. Never fails. I connect to the diamond white healing light. I bring it up through every morsel of my being. I claim it. I claim my sovereignty every single day day. You know, I've talked for 10, 15 years about this. Do your daily practice. I don't care if it's 60 seconds or six hours, connect with who you are every day. So so what you woke up late, everybody's got 60 seconds. And if I told you, if you took 60 seconds and every day was going to be a better day, would you do it? Of course you would. You know, connect with a light diamond, white healing light from the heavens, from the sky, from whoever. Crown, third eye, throat, heart, solar plexus, sacral root, down to Mother Gaia. Pull her into you. Put your little white bubble around you and then step out. And then go off on your day. And then step out. And then get back to me about that, you know, because I want you to tell me how magical it was when you started doing that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I want to hear the feedback. It's daily. It's the most important thing. I told you that I would... Something else was second to that. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Can you tell me about a moment when a person's kindness made a difference in your life? Oh, gosh. It happens so much every day. And gosh, now that you're asking me, it's almost shameful that I I could forget. But The um, escape. (laughs) Right. 
you know, I'm not boasting, but it happens so often that mm-hmm. people just bring me to tears from their kindness, because I come from a, a very heavy program, not from my parents, not from anybody, but myself of low deservability. And I'll tell you the most profound is when I'm getting in one of my, my moods and I'm actually, or I'm driving down and I'm looking at all this red rock and I'm surrounded by, I break out in tears of joy almost every time because of how kind the universe has been. It really touches my heart when people are kind in the smallest ways. I have a girlfriend here, Sue, who really, she just picks me up for dinner every time. And it's it's such a little thing, but but I've been the driver my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like so even that smallest piece, like, no, no, I'll pick you up and I'll drive. That smallest piece of getting cared for is huge. It goes a long way. It goes a long, long way, but it makes, you know, doing those things and feeling those things and recognizing those things automatically allows us to treat others with more kindness. Mary, what does the word empowerment mean to you? Empowerment is showing up as your most authentic self every single day, unapologetically. Beautiful. Well said. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions, just be one, two, three, four word answer. I hope I win some prizes. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I don't have any prizes to give away today, but maybe I'll start planning that for the next ones. That would be fun. (laughs) I don't have any ideas on what I could give away, but who knows? That's okay. I could imagine that I've got, you just gave me a handful of darts and I'm getting ready. (laughs) There you go. Mary, what was your very first job? Very first job was at, I was 15. I was a bus girl at a local restaurant. What was your dream job as a child? My dream job really was to be a superstar. And I know, I don't know that that was a Hollywood superstar or just a big, bright, shining star. I really just felt like I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew from the minute I took my first breath that I wanted to run my own show. You know, I don't know. I had particulars, except I was going to shine bright like a diamond. You are. You are a superstar. So there you go. You've achieved your childhood dream. I know. How would you describe yourself in one word? Brilliant. If you're writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Naked in tennis shoes. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Uh, I'm a a runner. I I learn a lot while I'm running Mm -hmm. in my most vulnerable state. If you could teach the world one thing, what would that one thing be? Love. Would you rather have more time or more money? Time. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Ooh, you know, peace, really, peace on earth. I know it's capable. I'm not, I know it's here. Peace, just downright, straight up inner peace for everyone. Change one thing about the world. What would you change? Oh gosh, I would take all the darkness and and I would take all the darkness out. Uh, and it's happening. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I would remove all the darkness. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. Woo! If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Gosh, I looked at this and uh, the one person that comes to mind is, is mother Mary. And why? I just want to, I want, and I feel like she is my mentor, but I just want to know my next steps. What is your why Mary? My why is unconditional love. It really is to, to restore the vibration of unconditional love everywhere. This earth, that earth, however many earths you believe in. What does the best version of you look like when you close your eyes and imagine it? Bright white diamond light. (laughs) (laughs) What is an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? My current husband, Richard. 
if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Do it exactly the way you did it. Lastly, Mary, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, like your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What would you say? What words of wisdom would you impart? I would say you are safe, supported, and love. Show up and shine your light because you are the change. This is the time. We are whole. Beautiful. Mary, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me today and share a bit about your story and your journey. I am so grateful and thankful for you taking and making the time to be here. I am honored and so happy to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. This has been a thoroughly beautiful conversation. Just keep shining your bright, beautiful light onto the world and doing all the amazing work that you're doing and putting it out into the world. I appreciate you so much. Oh, thank you, Brad. And I appreciate you so much. Thanks for allowing me to to shine my light uh, with you. My pleasure. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast today. My guest has been Mary Gooden. She is the CEO and founder of Divine Destiny Publishing and Soul Mastery Coaching. Thank you so much, Mary. I hope you have an amazingly beautiful rest of the day. Mm, You too. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.